So we're middle of talking about things in regards to the pillow parasha and Shabbos. So once a woman came to the pillow, head of Shabbos, and she says, I don't have chalas for Shabbos. The pillow gave her the chalas that his wife had prepared. A short time later, his wife realized that her chalas had been given away. But, she said, the chalas were prepared to make Shabbos enjoyable. That's what she tells her husband. She's complaining. And the pillow says, my enjoyment comes from learning the Rebbe is my marim in Lekutei Teira. I don't need chalas. I need Lekutei Teira. Now, as mentioned, the pillow collected money for different purposes, like uh, making sure there's proper shechita, uh, helping Jewish soldiers. Since he couldn't personally go to every city every year, he would select two messengers <coughs> to go to each location and collect the money. And Rabbi Hillel instructed them, do not accept any money from anyone who is not Shemer Shabbos. In one city, a pharmacist, someone who makes medicine, who wasn't Shemer Shabbos, he donated an exceptionally large sum of money to one of the causes, and not wanting to embarrass the man and hoping to also build a working relationship with him and eventually convince him to start keeping Shabbos, the mitzvahs. The messengers accepted the donation. But later, said the Rabbi said, we can't take from anyone who's not Shema Shabbos. So what did they do? They changed the coins that he gave them and they changed it to some of their own coins. So it wouldn't be his money. Now after finishing their trip, they brought all the money to the pillow, who opened the bag and starts counting. And without saying a word, the pillow counted out the exact amount of money that the pharmacist gave and handed it to the two astonished and somewhat embarrassed messengers. We're now going to begin talking about the greatness of the pillow parcher. There were extended periods of time that the Tzemach Tzedek, which we're about to do the story later, didn't say my marim for a very long time. And suddenly in the middle of one of these periods, the Rebbe enters the base Medrash unannounced, and he starts saying a mimer. Now you can imagine, those who happened to be there felt very lucky. However, not everyone who was in Lubavitch at the time was aware that the Rebbe was saying chassidus until after the mimer was finished. And wanting to hear the Rebbe speak, they run to the, play, to the shul, begging to say another mimer. And then a lot of them were guests. They said, well, we traveled so far to be with the Rebbe, we missed the mimer. And the Rebbe told them, go to Reb Hillel. Reb Hillel happened to be in Lubavitch at the time. And he will say chassidus for you. So the chassidim said, but Rebbe, we want the original source. We don't want Reb Hillel. Listen, wow, Reb Hillel is like a a cup that receives, you know, the halacha, the halacha in Hilcha Shabbos is that there ain't no bishel, right? Basically, that's like, he, by, by the time you, he's saying the chassidus, the chassidus already cooled off. We want, we need the heat from the source. We want the klirishayim. We don't want a klisheni or a klishlishi. And the Rebbe said there's a tremendous difference. The halacha distinguishes between the source and, and the keli where it came from. Only when the food inside is cooled off, then we say 
that what is in the original pot is hot enough to cook food, put on it, but whatever is in the second keli is not. The billa, however, is compared to food that's still so hot that if you touch it, your hand will get burnt. This is called Yad Say Leathers Boy. That, that if you touch it, basically, you're, you touch it and you go back. Now, in such a case, the same halacha applies. So he, that's him. And they accepted the Rebbe's direction and they went to the pillow to tell him that the Rebbe wanted him to say chassidus for the crowd. And they also told him what the Rebbe said about him. And the pillow said chassidus, but he said, no, there's a difference between a bainani, a tzaddik, and a Rebbe. A bainani is limited in his ability. A tzaddik has unlimited abilities. The Rebbe has the ability to bring unlimited things to the limited things. Basically, sort of saying that he allows the Bainani to go to a higher level than a tzaddik would. The Rebbe Marash once said that during, he said, during the lifetime of my father, the Tzamech Tzedek, my brothers wanted to, to start up with Reb Hillel because of all of his chumras that he had. He was very strict on a lot of things. We'll get to that later. He was like, you know, to be a chassid, it says you have to go lifnim mishur as I did. You have to be higher than whatever halacha demands. We don't just keep halacha, we go higher than that. But Reb Hillel took it to like an extreme situation. And the uh, Rebbe Maharaj says, I told my brothers not to harass or bother the pillow since I knew that he was extremely precious in my father's eyes. The Tzemach said that he had two and a half Hasidim. Hasidim explained that the is the one who was a half. Because half of him was already on the, tza- on the, on the level of a tzaddik slash Rebbe. That's why he's only a half a Hasid. Because he's like a half a Rebbe himself. Reb Ichidur Masmid, who was killed by the Nazis in World War II, he said, Hasidim would say that in the past 300 years, there wasn't such a tzaddik in his actions like Reb Hillel. As is known, Reb Hillel was extremely machmer to look on himself. He took on himself certain uh, chumras, stringencies, and hidurim that no other Hasid did. And his Talmud, Reb Gershon Doiv Paher, spoke about him before, he copied what his Rebbe did. And the Rebbe Marash once asked him why. And he said like this, for many years, I learned with Rebbe Hillel, and I accepted upon myself certain minhagim and chumras that he had. And the Rebbe Marash told him, how can you compare yourself to Rebbe Hillel? By the time he was 28, he completely transformed his body. So, meaning for him, this conduct is, is appropriate. But for others, eh. Okay, we will nice. continue tomorrow.